welcome to the March edition of Life of the Tax Lane. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Well, I'm sure after all of this, we'll be needing that green beer on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, You're going to need that before we're done today. <laughs> oh, man. You know what else? What else was kind of neat? You might not know this, but we actually had a, a fe federal cabinet minister from uh, the Liberal Party came and paid us a visit uh, a couple weeks ago. It was ago. a collaborative visit. Sure, yeah. So we had uh, we had a good hour chat with uh, Minister Sohis, uh, you know, just talking about all these new tax changes. So uh, it was good to at least have a conversation yeah, there. So, so that was fun. So thanks to the minister for coming out. Oh, yeah, I don't know how he survived an hour with us. But all yeah. right. <laughs> let's talk about tax. Very first item, Hugh. Well, let's go on to uh, speaking of education. Uh, we've got some changes coming up, and as we start doing our personal tax returns, we're going to see some missing credits this year. We're not going to have the education amount or the textbook amount. And I've had some people who have said, are we losing all our tuition credits? Tuition credits are still out there, federally anyway, but federally the education and textbook credit, those nice fixed monthly amounts, are no more. The carry-forwards from prior years are still there. Most of the provinces are still grappling with this. Some of them have kept their education credits. Uh, others, I believe Ontario has said, you know what, we're going to get rid of our tuition credit, but we'll do it in the middle of the year to make it a little <laughs> more challenging. So figure out what you paid for classes up to September 4th. You still get a credit for that, but whatever you paid for September 5th and onward, no more uh, provincial credits in Ontario. Yeah, another thing to keep in mind this t personal tax season. Are you eligible for the disability tax credit or are you age 65 or older? Or can you find one of these two types of people and get them to move into your house with you? Because if you do, you may get a credit with respect to renovations you've done in your house to make it more mobile, functional for these special types of people. Put a ramp in, that kind of stuff. So heads up there. If you don't want to move in with them, you can fix their house up and they can stay there and you can still have the credit. Well, right. speaking about, uh, you know, a caregiving, uh, there is a new Canada Caregiver Credit, which replaces some other ones in the past, but here are the three things you need to know. You've got to have somebody who is infirm, You've got, they've got to be dependent on you, which generally means you've got to be paying for their food, shelter, and or clothing, or providing it physically to them. And finally, they've got to be family members. So if you've got these three boxes checked off, you might get a credit for that. And again, it could be Grandma Mimi living in a nursing home. Don't actually have to live with you. Those are the first three points. What do you we look got really next? relieved, Joe. Nonetheless, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on to another personal tax topic. Maybe you disposed of real estate uh, in 2017. A reminder that needs to go on your personal tax return. And also, a heads up, CRA is very aware of dispositions of real estate. They're very curious, and they want to make sure that you're paying the appropriate tax. If your it's your principal residence, you don't have to pay any tax. If you held it on account of capital, half tax. If it's on account of income, full tax. And they're looking at it. We've seen projects all across the country. I think the main key here is how quickly and fast are you buying and selling? And what was your intention? Yeah. To make money off of the sale or just to live there for a bit and you have to sell it for some other reason? I mean, we had some numbers just come out from the CRA on some audit assessments just from BC and Ontario, and they assessed over, just over half a billion dollars related to the disposition of real estate, income tax, or GST, HST. It's so difficult to find when you consider provincial land titles offices are maintaining <laughs> track records of every real estate property anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, one tax plan that we, uh, we talk about every now and then around here, certainly, is the prescribed rate loan. Mm -hmm. I can loan money to 
a lower income spouse, maybe kids, maybe grandkids, seen it done with trusts, and avoid the reality that normally if I give those people money and they invest it, all the income comes back to me to report and be taxed on. Uh, but I can make a loan locked in at the prescribed rate, which for an awful lot of years now we've seen hover at 1%. But based on the formulas and based on what happened back in January at the Bank of Canada, we can be pretty sure it's going to 2% on April 1st. So if you're one of those people or you've got some clients, perhaps our investment uh, dealer viewers mm -hmm. are familiar yeah. with this, mm -hmm. that have not been putting this into place, getting it done before the end of March could be a good idea. Yeah, and of course there are trips, traps, and things to keep in mind. Um, yeah. yeah, probably want to talk to your accountant about this. And yeah. if you're an accountant and don't know, Look it up. <laughs> the next item here, uh, salaries to family members. Uh, if you're running a business, you want to employ your spouse or kids or whatever, you can do that. If you want to deduct that amount, you got to make sure that it's reasonable. That's what the Act requires. It's got to be reasonable. They've actually got to do the thing. Uh, now, CRA has more strict criteria. They say that whatever is being done has to be necessary to the income generating activity. So that's a little bit deeper than what the Act actually requires. So if you want to avoid hassles with CRA, you've got to be able to show that what they're doing is necessary. CRA also says you've got to compare what they're doing to an arm's length party who's in the same position, another 15-year-old kid or whatever it is, how much would you pay them? That's what you can pay your kid. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, again, the Act really focuses on the term reasonable and, and court cases have said, uh, what would a reasonable business person pay or what could a reasonable business person pay? So that kind of opens it up a little bit more. Thoughts on that, Hugh or Kate? Yeah, well, I think no. it's... <laughs> thought, come on. I mean, especially in light of these changes to income splitting and income sprinkling, um, some many practitioners are wanting to move away from dividends and get back into the salary world. And that may make sense for a lot of people, but you got to make sure you do it properly and correctly. Yeah, reasonable amounts, uh, very subjective terminology, but I can certainly say that if I got my 15-year-old uh, kid, your example, Joe, mm. coming in twice a week to sweep out my three-room office space, 75000 a year probably isn't going to go over so well. I know uh, how I got to keep it in reality. It would probably be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next item. Yeah, so let's think about some of our clients, maybe ourselves, that are getting a salary from our business. And for whatever reason, uh, we're incurring expenses, employment expenses, and we want to be claiming it on our personal tax return. Can we do so? Well, the Act says you got to hit a number of conditions in order to claim those expenses on the personal tax return. One of those conditions is that you need to, are, you are required to incur that expense by contract uh, as a condition of your employment. Now, most arm's length employers can get, have that on the, the T2200, a form that you are required to have. But what about the owner? Is the owner incurring these amounts able to be claiming the employment expenses? And we actually had a project in the fall and in the winter where CRA was looking at the owner of a business who was deducting employment expenses per personally, and we had CRA saying, no, you can't be deducting it because you are not truly required to incur these expenses. What are you going to do? 
fire yourself, give yourself a poor performance review, sue yourself. No, you're not going to do it. We don't think there's a true requirement to incur those costs. So what happened, Katie? Oh, this is what so happened? exciting. Tell us. It is so exciting. <laughs> Middle of February, uh, many e I think all e-filers e across the country received a notification from CRA saying, we are backing off on this project. The project is being held any reassessments uh, that went out denying these employment expenses for the owner managers would be uh, reversed. Uh, or reviewed anyways. Reviewed anyways, yeah. It doesn't say that they'll never be reviewed again, uh, but it looks like this project has been stopped for the time being. Kate, I think to be fair to CRA, they were following what's a fairly old tax court case on this topic that I don't think a lot of people were familiar with. So they acknowledged they should have done a better job communicating the change. Maybe they will simply take this opportunity to communicate it, but they've committed to making any changes prospectively. Yeah. And I gotta throw a shout out to uh, the tax group at CPA Canada. Definitely went to CRA to discuss mm -hmm. this. And CRA, to their credit, they listened and they took yeah. action. Yeah. The next item to talk about here is U.S. estate tax. So maybe you're a Canadian, you got a rental property in Phoenix or Tampa or wherever, you pass away, do you have to deal with estate tax? Well, this is the process you'd go through. What is the fair market value of your U.S. situs assets? And, and that would include real estate, so rental, personal use, but also U.S. stocks. You could hold them in a, U, in a Canadian account, U.S. stocks, the total fair market value of all these types of things are over 60 grand, you're filing an estate tax return. So you gotta get that filed. Now, once you file that return, are you gonna owe tax? Well, you gotta take a look at your worldwide estate, what you're worth in, in, in total dollars. $11.2 million US dollars right now is, is the number. If you're below that, generally no tax to be paid. Still got to get that return in though. Keep it in mind. Joe, it's important to point out, we get that $11.2 here in Canada because of the treaty. A lot of countries wouldn't. That's right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thank you for joining us and see you next month. Life in the Tax Lane is presented by Video Tax News. The Video Tax News team has been supplying practical tax information to accountants and tax professionals for over 30 years. This Canadian-based company presents live and video seminars to thousands of tax professionals relating to both personal and corporate tax. Learn more at videotax.com. That's B-I-D-E-O-T-A-X dot com. The preceding information is for general educational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2018. All rights reserved.